there and welcome to another episode of Backstage, the Bachata podcast. Today we have Jenny and Andreas who are co-organizing a festival called Central Week together with Gorke and Judith. Many people say it's the best festival they've ever been to. We're going to find out why that is and at the end of the episode I'm pretty sure there will only be one thing on your mind. Booking those tickets for next year's edition. Alright, let's jump into it. So let's kick it off. Um, it's nice to have you here. So you're the two organizers of um, the Central Week in Cadiz. It's nice to have you on the podcast. Welcome. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Thank you for having us. But one clarification, we're two of the four organizers. So we are four people organizing it. And you're organizing it together with? Corke and Judith. All right. I almost expected that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's good to clarify because some people... Don't know who the organizers. We've even been asked if we are going to go to Central Week next year. <laughs> so we're like, yes, we're the organizers. So it's good to know <laughs> who are the organizers. All right. So, well, maybe for the people that haven't heard of it, like, what is Central Week? Wow. Um, I would summarize it as it's a gathering of friends that love bachata sensual in the place where it was created. Uh, to dance and to learn from the people that created it. Um, it became. It started from a small gathering, uh, and it started becoming more because we were more people, more friends. And after six years, we're quite a big crew from forty countries and like lots of people applying. And yeah, you have to experience it one time. Yeah, it started really small, right? We started with a very small group uh, in two thousand thirteen, I think. Jenny said. Um, let's uh let's go to Cadiz uh and and you know go with a bunch of friends uh and some you know we gathered them in Norway and Sweden and then we went for a week of classes uh to Cadiz and so we convinced Korke and Judith and at the time uh Kike and Fania to teach us some classes every day two hours I think two or three hours And uh, it was in a very small studio, extremely hot, I remember. Um, and then in the evenings, we would go out to the local parties, whatever was happening at the time. And then it was, it was, it was quite successful. We felt like, oh, this is, this is really fun. And then it sort of grew from there. Um, and then it became much more popular than I would have ever imagined. Become extremely popular. So what do you think... Why do you think it's become so popular? What makes it so different from all the other festivals that are going on? Because there are so many, but Central Week is known to be one of the best festivals to go to. I think the secret is that we we were discussing that yesterday. We we're like, okay, what, what, how can we explain what is different? And the the secret is actually two things. One is that you have to have events that you really want to go yourself. Like we don't make this festival because we want to make money out of this. This really started because us having the sincere desire to first learn more, uh, spend more time in the place where Bachata Sensual was made because we wanted to be in Spain where the dancers were amazing because it is definitely something where we enjoy so much and that we love. Uh, and and the other thing is about being creative and original. Um As you say, there's so many festivals happening in the world, and so many of them are just a copy of each other. Uh, over and over, you have the same formula. Uh, it's crazy that everyone just copy-paste. I mean, it's, it's understandable because copying is safe. 
and then people think I'm just going to make it the same. But it's weird that everybody has the same, 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 same without any changes and that nobody strives for more quality. Everyone is just striving for, yeah, let's make it bigger because bigger is better. Ha, 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 ha. I have thousands of participants. <laughs> but that is not the goal. The goal for us is quality. So we have a really restricted amount of people we can bring to the festival. And that is both because of quality and also because, sincerely, we just cannot put more people in dance places in Cadiz. Cadiz has a limit. And uh, it, it, it helps us keep it, in, keep it in, in check that we're making it as a good quality that we can provide people really the experience they deserve. How do you go about that? Like, is there a screening process? Yeah, so um, when people want to come to Central Week, they first have to send a video of themselves dancing. Um, and so it's one video per participant. And those videos then are, uh, so the the queue is actually, you know, in the beginning it was, you know, it took a while for the queue to fill with videos. Now it goes super fast, as in like two, two minutes or something like that for, for hundreds of applications. So it's extremely, um, there's, ext you know, really a lot, lots of interest. Um, and it's a bit scary actually, almost. Um, and so, so the all those videos go in a queue. All of those the videos are reviewed by Kodik and Judith, and then wow. people are you know their level is assessed and they're placed in you know in a certain in a certain uh, track. Um, and then people get the option to buy tickets for those for for that track. Uh, and that way we make sure that you know. Um, people don't go to levels that are too difficult for them because that's often something that happens in festivals. Uh, often people think, oh, I'm advanced. And, you know, everybody thinks they're advanced, right? Or super advanced. Um, and so they go to the advanced and super advanced classes and then actually they pull down the level for everybody. So it becomes harder for advanced dancers to learn. And so that's something we we try to, you know, do different essential weeks. So we make it, you know, harder actually for people to to get on those higher levels because they have to send a video. And for a lot of people, that's a big step to take because it's confrontational. They have to film themselves. They have to watch the video and then be comfortable enough with their own dancing to send it. Um, and so that immediately creates like, you know, it's a bit of a, a kind of a boundary or a step that you have to take before you can go. And it helps uh, with the quality of the festival. Mm. And we've done one more thing that we have realized that the labels beginner, intermediate, advanced mean so many different things for different people. In the beginning, uh, like all of this didn't happen in one day. We've been doing it for now, what is it, six years? So uh, in when we started doing, okay, we want to make people go in different levels. The first thing we did is that we publish it. And two minutes later, we started seeing the wrong people applying for the wrong level. So that year we said, okay, close, quickly close it. Great. We're going to do something to make sure that people actually go to the right level. And after a lot of brainstorming, we said, okay, let's try with videos. Who's going to send a video? Nobody will do it. Oh my God. But yeah. No, we're going to have no participants, but yeah, we can have 50 participants, but then the right ones. And then we tried it and it has become more normal. But in the beginning, that was unthinkable. And then on top of that, we uh, it's really hard to tell people you're in advanced or you're in intermediate because that doesn't really relate to the no names that they know at advanced intermediate in their homes. If you dance in a really tiny town in the middle of a remote village, you're the most advanced person in the village. But if you're dancing in uh, Cadiz, uh, you're not going to be advanced, right? So 
we have tried to to give those names some some give those names away and start doing something with colors. So the levels there's not really levels. It's more like the groups are divided in colors. And because we have so many people applying with videos, we have really come up with having only advanced dancers. Like the people that come are just really good dancers. You cannot just tell to them you're not advanced. And so with Korke and Judith, we have been trying to think, okay. From these different groups of people, how do we group people into the groups where they are together with those that have to learn similar things? For example, one good one group focuses much more in styling, the other one in musicality, the other one more in the foundations, the other one in using the foundations for doing more advanced moves. Um, so if you're in a group, it's because you have to learn similar things to the people in the group, and that way people get the most out of it. Exactly. And so there has been, you know, a little bit of I don't know if, if frustration is the right word, but people are definitely curious about, oh, but what does the color mean? Am I higher or lower? You know, is red higher than green or not? You know, um, but we haven't, you know, we haven't told anyone, so they can figure it out themselves. Um, and and very often, as as Jenny says, like the you know. Uh, different dancers need to learn different things and it's hard to say you know everybody's a good dancer uh, or, or almost everybody who comes to Central Week is a good dancer it just sometimes people have different accents or different areas they have to focus on to sort of take their dancing to the next level and that's how we've been trying to to group people and it seems like it works so oh it definitely like honestly I can say per from my personal experience I love going to Central Week because it does have, it is very different to other festivals. And what I really appreciated and I still appreciate is especially the workshops because you're grouped into, so first of all, the the sending in the video is the most stressful thing in the world. <laughs> I swear I age by like five years. <laughs> this year it was like less than a minute and it was just, applications were closed, it was insane. But once you go there and you're in these groups and I don't think I've ever learned as much as I have from the workshops in Central Week as I have learned in other festivals, just because they're more generalized. And here I do feel the groups are smaller, they're focused, and everyone is exactly working on the kind of, everyone's an amazing dancer in Central Week. It's incredible, but you always have a area to work on. And it's really nice that that's where the focus lies. So, of course. Color has always been a discussion every yeah. single week, what it means. I know. So pe people try to find out. So can you tell me, Andreas, just to me, what it means? I'm like, no, I can't I can't tell you. Um, but a few other things, because uh, the, the the concept sort of has evolved a little bit within the constraints of Cadiz. Cadiz is, like, is a small city. There's not a lot of... Um, uh, big, uh, big halls or something like that that you can rent to organize things. And... That has sort of forced us to make some interesting choices. So one of the things we've we've always had is to that the classes have to be small. There's a practical reason for that because it's really hard to find a room that fits more than fifty people. Um, but uh, the other thing is also that we found that if you have around fifty people, it's just it's twenty five couples and it's just enough to. Uh, still feel like you can ask personal questions or personal, you know, you can ask the teacher personal feedback. Um, and, uh, you know, there's enough people at least to to sort of make it feel you're in a class. You can change a lot. You can try with other, with other people. And sort of in an hour, you typically change 
a partner uh, a number of times and you usually have danced with everybody at least once in the class while the while the class is ongoing um, the other thing is also that we started doing is to to switch to classes of two hours uh, because we found that it gives you um, like it's a different kind of um, uh, way of learning something and it allows the teachers to kind of teach in a different manner a little bit more relaxed and sort of go deeper into the details than what they would otherwise do in like a typical um, festival workshop which only lasts for one hour and then you know you learn a routine and then that's it and so uh, I think that's a little bit uh, different in in essential uh, week uh, and it allows us also to to uh, provide better quality workshops it's also for the, uh, different for the teachers because in normal festivals, it's not very common that teachers would agree what they're teaching and that they will make some sort of pack or what is this group going to learn. But Corke spends quite a bit of time with the groups of teachers in different colors, making sure that they understand, okay, we watch all these videos and from these videos, we see people with these diseases and this need. What are you guys going to teach that actually makes these people better? And then everybody agrees and the classes are planned throughout all the teachers uh, saying what are they going to bring to the to the students and they can do it so they don't have to like in, in some festivals they don't have idea there's so many people with different needs they just do a move that is cool and they do all sorts of things beginner intermediate here they can really focus on all right i'm going to teach you not a move i'm going to teach you the technique i'm going to make sure that you really get better and i know exactly what you need what we also try to do is to not have too many workshops per day it's only two hours of workshops and then people can take optional you know, an optional additional track of, you know, uh, choreography or, um, uh, you know, styling classes or things like that. Because we also feel if you offer people seven hours of classes a day, nobody takes them anyways. And uh, so so we felt like if we, if we make it specifically, like you have to go to this class and you can take an extra styling class, it actually works very well for people, especially throughout the week, because it's it's not just two days, like in a normal festival, it's five, six days, right? And so it is, you know, sometimes it's quite a marathon, actually, to get to the end, and you feel it, you know. By Thursday, we sort of see people saying, yeah, I'm going to skip the party today because I need enough energy for Friday and Saturday. So uh, it's kind of funny. I, I think everyone that ever has been to a festival has said that at some point. <laughs> For sure, but like five days of parties and the classes, your feet are sore. <laughs> it's worth it, but towards the end, ex exactly, it kind of you need that break. You can say you have the luxury that it's going, it's taking place over five days, so you don't need to cram everything into, yeah, a weekend. Exactly. Yeah. So we we try to also make a space for people to have. Uh, have fun, go to the beach, enjoy Cadiz, see more of the city, go and have dinner together with people that they've never met before, create those kind of networks of bachata sensual dancers throughout the world that later in the year, you're going to see these people over and over in festivals, wherever you go. Um, so if you just make people super tired with classes, then they don't enjoy the social part, which is, I would say, the, the heart of the event. You need to have the social dancing and the social thing. I think also the, the reason why it started being organized throughout the week was because we asked Korke, well, you're away every weekend to this festival and that festival. So how about we do it the other way around? Instead of you going somewhere else, we come with us, you know, with a group to Cadiz and then you're in Cadiz, right? And so at the time he was still living in Cadiz and so was Judith. And he's like, sure, if you can bring people, I can teach. And so that's sort of how it happened, you know, 
the reverse as any other festival. And that's how it stayed as well. Let me say as a clarification, there's still a lot of people that don't know the history. So maybe some people hearing this podcast doesn't know why Cadiz. It is because Corque and Judith, they are originally from Cadiz. And Corque, when he started being rebel and deciding, I'm not going to dance this new music that is not so Dominican, but it has new accents like the new Aventura songs with different moves. And he started trying his waves and moving the shoulders of the lady and all these things that were far away from the normal Dominican. All of this happened in Cadiz. Then he started teaching some of his friends, like his best friend, Chavez, with Silvia, who was the ex-dance partner of uh, Corque. And then he met, uh, you know, all the least his, his friends. It's like a circle. All of them were friends in the same neighborhood. So Cadiz is the place where Pachata Sensual was born and was made. And it's still, you, you have that feeling. Um, and it's magic to go there, not just because you have amazing dancers. So when we have the parties and the locals come, it's full of fantastic dancers that every time are new. Uh, but it's also because it's such a beautiful city where all of them feel at home. They tell us the story of the origin, the beginning. And it has a fantastic beach. So for the for also having fun vacation, spending a good time and food, oh, it's amazing. Yeah. And the interesting thing is Cadiz is a bit off the beaten track uh, for usual tourists to visit because most of them go to Seville or maybe to Malaga. There's also no airport in Cadiz, as you know. Um, so it's a little hard to get to. Um, and so when we went there the first time, it was like, wow, this is actually really beautiful and the beaches are great. And But it, it's mostly you know, for, for Spanish tourists, actually, do you, you, you don't see many of, you know, uh, foreign, foreign tourists in, um, in Cadiz. And that was also added to the appeal. It's like, oh, this is actually something special. It's a place. Otherwise maybe people wouldn't go so, so easily. So, um, yeah. Yeah. It's very interesting that all these things act a bit of like a, you know, you have all these constraints, but you somehow manage to make it into a feature basically. Yeah, sometimes essential week sort of happens thanks to Cadiz, but also in spite of, you know, the restrictions we sometimes have to deal with. Um, uh, one of the one of the strange things, for instance, is that the parties are are far away, are out of the city, and so we have to organize all this bus transport to the parties. Again, it's because Cadiz is so small, so there's no club that would hold uh, 300 people, 350 people in the center. So that's why we have to drive out and go somewhere outside um, to. Um, uh, to, to, to dance in the night. And so Jenny can tell you all about, you know, how tricky it is to organize these seven buses or so that have to drive every night. Um, so, yeah, we, we, we got pretty good at it now, but it, there has been a learning curve, I can tell you that. It has been definitely the hardest thing to learn. And I can tell you a funny anecdote, like when we were discussing what has happened, but you can tell us that it's funny. Oh, go ahead. Uh, <laughs> in the beginning... It was really hard to, to, to organize how it is with the buses because we really didn't have the idea of how to organize it and make sure that people go and come back to the party when they want. Like people go usually to a party and they come back when they're tired. So we were like more uh, trying to find out, okay, when do we come and go back? Um, so there was a couple of misunderstandings. As Andrea said, we organize it sometimes not because of Cadiz, but in spite of Cadiz. Uh, what we used to do is that we would call the same day the bus company and we would tell them we want the buses at this time and that time and that time but I speak Colombian Spanish they speak Spanish from Spain and sometimes uh, we have some more misunderstandings so we wanted a bus at 12 and the bus uh, somehow understood that I wanted it at 2 so between doce and dos if you have a significant accent then <laughs> you might have a little bit of a problem um, and so because of that kind of misunderstanding, sometimes we've had to 
uh, be creative. One time we had a difference in the arrival time of the bus of one hour. People were supposed to, I think, leave at one and the bus was only going to come at two. And uh, we had to say it somehow in the microphone. But you, as an organizer, you want to make sure that people have the best time. So in a very Colombian way, <laughs> we went to the microphone, we make sure people were having fun, they were having more drinks, good dances, the music was amazing. And when the music was really high, everybody was dancing great. The bus was just kind of about to come in 15 minutes. We went to the microphone and we said, good news, guys, because you all want to stay and dance a little bit longer. The bus is going to come a little bit later. And everybody's like, yay! <laughs> 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 so we're like, we managed to get this one out. <laughs> so sometimes there's things that you see that happen that maybe are little changes that we try to make them in the in the best way so that you don't see them as a, a difficult thing because it's all about the memories that we create on the participants and the, the good experience that we give them. So yeah, if you see things happening uh, random, like uh, unexpectedly, Ask me later for details and maybe I can tell you a funny story. Yeah. Well, it, seem, it seems to me that like there's a lot going on behind the scenes that as a visitor, like you never get to see. And it's essentially your job to to make sure that your guests, they never see that. Or even better, they perceive it as something great. Like you said, the bus is late for an hour and you just turn it into something that they're going to Exactly. Let's party about. one more hour. Yes. Jenny is always uh, very much a, per, uh, a person who is like, uh, you know, a half a half glass full kind of person. I'm kind of more the half glass empty. Uh, so we kind of, you know, it's the yin and yang. We keep each other in balance. So, yeah. yeah. And we've also learned who we are and what we like the most out of the festival. I think in the beginning we had much more clashes with the, the whole caddies, but also with Kirk and Judith because we're expecting everybody to be everywhere. And later we started recognizing what are the things where we get the most value and the things we can't take care of. For example, we are really dancing people. We love dancing. We would dance the whole night and we stay there until the end because Andres is in charge of the DJs. So we just love doing it and that's fine. But at the same time, if you have Korka and Judith having to teach all the classes for all the groups and having to stay in the party throughout the whole night, they're dead by day three. And... In the morning, usually Korke needs to be there early to organize the teachers that are starting, make sure that everything goes well. So after many years and a couple of uh, discussions, and even one time that I was so angry that to get my anger out, I hit a piece of wood. And it wasn't wood, but it was a wall, and I broke, almost broke my hand. <laughs> so it got really difficult situations. And we've learned how to deal with each other. And then we decided that Andreas and I were going to take care of the parties. Where they're in charge of the music, the parties, all the way to the end until the last person leaves. And then Kurt and Judith are in charge of the days. They're in charge of the teachers, that everything is fine, of course, with a support staff group. But we're, we've really learned how to divide the work best. And yeah, it's just by, by trial and error. And of course, sometimes having small fights that you're later just make fun exactly and so in, now what we do is we we close we usually close the party and then we can sleep in uh, a little bit in the morning until one or something like that and then in the meantime they they make sure everything is off to a good start and, and we meet each other around two and then we kind of hand off uh, and we we manage the rest of the day so yeah with all these responsibilities as organizers do you still have do you feel like you can still enjoy this festival as well? Like apart from the organizing part, can you also enjoy it a bit like a regular attendee would? I always try to do that. Yes. You will see me dancing. Uh, so uh, yeah, I always try to, um, 
I usually t- take one of the tracks and I uh, will also be on the dance floor. And I think that would be, that's important for me to continue being able to do. Otherwise, you know, there would be little point in organ. Like I, I, it's fun to organize something, but I don't think I would be entirely happy if I was just organizing and running around and not enjoying dances or, or classes or something like that. So I think that stays, you know, is important for us to continue to be able to do, I think. Does it change your perception when you go to different festivals? Sometimes there's things, of course, you see and you say, oh, we could try that as well. Uh, I've also seen other things, you know, things going wrong at festivals where you're like, mm, this was probably not, you know, uh, you know, every, every festival tries an experiment um, and, and then sometimes they work and sometimes they don't. Uh, so that you also learn from that, like that's not something I want to try. Sometimes you go to festivals that you like and you get really disappointed. Like there's this big festival, I'm not going to say the name, but it's during the summer in Spain. We liked it a lot. We used to go every year. And this year we were even wondering, uh, should we go again? Because last time it was way too crowded and they're not putting enough attention to the quality. Last time people were pushing each other in the dance floor because there was not enough space so much that I almost got into a fight. Like I'm super peaceful, but like the lady was pushing me so hard that I got angry and I had to get out of the place. People were getting super drunk because there was no space to dance. It's just, you see that decisions that organizers take about how they want to grow or how they want to make festivals once they reach that top are not the best ones. If you aim for just, let's make the most money, I put as many people as we can just because I'm going to make money. I think you will kill the, kill the chicken of the golden stone or of the golden eggs. And uh, well, of course, not going this year, nobody's going to any festival this year. So uh, it would be more like, uh, yeah. So that's, of course, a bummer this year. So there's, for clarity, there's no Central Week this year. <laughs> and there are no other festivals that I know of that are happening in, in Spain this year, perhaps later on this year, but I'm not very hopeful. You know what I hope? I hope that it's an opportunity for everyone to start challenging their the way that they do festivals so the old formula is not going to work anymore we have new constraints and as we were saying you get the most creativity in times of constraints so i really hope that people will start doing things a little bit different but i really hope so that they start doing it with more quality and more uh, doing things because they really enjoy it what options do you have as an organizer to like to to keep the quality high besides limiting the festival to a certain amount of visitors? We always make the comparison of, okay, other festivals in Spain cost 15 pounds, 15 euros. It's really tiny amounts. But if you're an organizer, if you take 20 people, uh, 200 people, and you charge 20 euros, it's the same thing as if you have uh, 20 people charging 200 euros, right? It's mathematics, and you can turn it around. So for you as an organizer, it's much better to organize things with less people where you give them more value for their time rather than give, making something where it's so cheap anybody can buy it, but then you're not able to give any quality. Because at the end, the most money that people spend when they go to a festival, especially when they go physically, online festivals are another breed. But if you spend your weekend traveling, the plane ticket is going to cost you so much. The accommodation is going to cost you so much. The food, the getting there, the time, your vacation, all of that together it's much more valuable than the difference between 20 euros or 200 euros. I would gladly myself pay 200 euros for a fantastic festival where I know I'm going to have a fantastic time because it's worth it. It's my time that I'm putting on it. So I, I would say that that's maybe the main calculation. Organizing business models in your festivals or in the, whatever you organize around making sure that you can focus on the quality 
And yeah, they make sure people people get the most value of it and then they say, okay, it's valuable, then I'm going to pay a little bit extra for it. That's true. I think another thing we do for ensuring quality is, like we know all the teachers uh, at the festival personally, we also try to make sure that... Um, you know, they, of course, first of all, need to be good teachers. Uh, we need to like their style. Um, and, and I think what is also important for us is that we can, um, uh, communicate with them and like them also on a per- personal level. Um, that's important for, for us as well. And I think for everybody that we've had at our festivals, we've always had a good connection with them and that, that allows you to kind of, you know, um, deal with situations when, you know, you need to kind of intervene or kind of adjust something. It's kind of easy because everybody's friends, so you, you can understand each other. Uh, but also, I think Korke often stresses this, that, you know, the students reflect um, the attitude of the teachers. And so if you have nice teachers and these teachers have, you know, the right, the right attitude and are friendly and inclusive and so on, the students will also take on these values and um, use them in their own dancing and in their own teaching and sort of build, you know, build their own community at home, essentially, using those same values. And I think that is also important. That's why I feel that, um, you know, it's part of the quality, essentially, that Central Week offers, uh, this kind of inclusive and friendly environment. Um, And yeah, you don't have that in all festivals. As organizers, we have even conversations with Kirk and Judith about what are the values that we're going to bring and how, how do we want to make sure that people get them. Uh, you won't meet a person that is more humble than Kirk and, Kirk and Judith. They are some of the highest stars in the world. They could behave like divas and they are the simplest, nicest, sweetest people you've ever met. So um, even in, in, in things like when you go to the parties, uh, a lot of people want to make videos of them dancing with artists. And we've said very clearly Uh, people don't make videos. Uh, we haven't really forbidden it really strong. But what we've done is very friendly said it. And I go around the party telling people that have it. They started trying to do it. Like, please remember, don't do it. Why? It's not because we don't want you to have a video and we're jealous. No, it's because we want the artists to enjoy the party as well. And if they're all the time having to perform in front of cameras, of course, they're going to get too tired and they don't want to stay. We want to make a good party for them to also enjoy. So it's it's about also... When you make a festival or you make an event, you make a whatever, try to find out what are those values that you want to translate or make sure that you as a team with your organizers are really agreeing on that, that your teachers are representing those values and that it start divide, designing yourself how people will leave those behavior. Like what are the kind of attitudes that are going to uh, uh, evidence that you're living through those values? Yeah, I get very excited about this because this is my work. <laughs> I also work in, at work and do experience design. So this is what I do in my everyday basis. So Yeah, but uh, it, it makes a lot of sense. But I think it's much harder for an organizer. Like it, it seems to, I'm, I'm not an organizer, but it seems to me it's, it's much easier. You know, like you just, you get your big names, you slap them on your poster, you make the venue big and you run your Facebook ads or whatever. And, and, and there you go. Yeah, every, often it's too much this kind of rinse and repeat type of formula, which is, it's a pity, of course, that this happens, but yeah. Yeah, and it's an opportunity now with Corona that people can reinvent and then hopefully we'll come up with something better so that when we're on the other side, we have events where we say, wow, I'm having so much more fun. But it is true, all, like all my friends 
they prefer festivals that were smaller and more focused compared to yeah the, the bigger ones it's true i think some of the my early memories of of bachata festivals i remember we went to a few uh, we were living in oslo back at the time and so we went to a couple uh, in in Gothenburg in sweden for instance i remember korke gave a workshop there for i don't know maybe 50 people or something like that I, those are some of my favorite memories of you know really small festivals where you had you know one or two couples of artists that were teaching and i remember learning so so much then um and so uh so yeah it's i think what what we've always tried to do is how can we recreate this now that of course the scene is bigger there's much more attention and it's really hard to get you know these artists and for a small group of people like how can we how can we recreate that in uh in central week uh and that's what we you know that's how we sort of also ended up with that formula it's like hmm, this kind of works well yeah with small festivals you get that close feel and like you said also you have you still have a feeling that you can ask personal questions so that the artists have some uh, can have that attention. And especially with socials, I know it also from my friends, when the socials are smaller, you meet some great dancers. You'd like to dance with them again, right? Throughout the night or the next day at really big festivals. If you meet someone and you really want to dance with them again, you better stay by their side, dance all the dances with them and then let them go and probably you won't see them again anymore which isn't really social to me, right? Social dancing, it's nice having that aspect of being able to find the people again and connecting because like you said already, um, you're going to, you're bound to see these people again and again and again at all these other festivals. Yeah, but it's, it's that thing, right? If you go to a concert, the experience you have in a huge concert with lots of participants, you see the art is very small, singing to thousands of people. And even though you enjoy the songs, it's not the same thing as when you have some a small concert with the artist in front of you and you go with your friends and maybe you, ha you can have drinks with everyone so you can get the names of people around you. It's sort of like a, yeah, an acoustic unplugged concert, essentially. Sort of, uh, that's what you try to recreate with Bachata. Yeah. I want to circle back um, a bit when you talked about um, the artists earlier. Uh, we asked on Instagram, you know, what do you want to ask the organizers of um, Central Week? And uh, one question was, how do you decide which artist to invite? Well, the, the person in charge of the artist is Korke. He's the one that has the communication, that he's kind of the, 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 or the one in charge of it, mainly because he is the one that decides they are good enough in teaching bachatas as well. So that's a minimal requirement. But on top of that, they have to be uh, people that are very friendly. And like I said, people that we want to give them, the, put them in front of our participants. Um, and yeah, nobody, nobody that has a big ego, like not, not with artists, we haven't had ever a bad experience touch wood, but with DJs, we've had one experience where we invited someone a little bit, uh, yeah, with different expectations that what we were doing. Exactly. So yeah. I think that's important yeah. to, it's an important feature to, um, to have like if if they're you know certain if it's humble in a certain way or uh and, and are good teachers etc exactly and flexible all those qualities are are important i think yeah yeah 
both for for teachers and DJs and basically other people as well, like our staff. I don't think there's anybody uh, there that we have any difficulties with. You know, they all have the same qualities essentially. Do you circle like do you have different artists per year, or do you keep similar kind of profiles or artists? It's it's usually the uh, the folks well of of Korke circles in Cadiz. Those are sort of the core group, and occasionally there's some external artists that we bring the last day. However, we didn't do that the the the, the previous year, right? So we've we've brought a few couples um, in other in previous years for like uh, an extra workshop on Thursday or Friday, just to kind of mix in some other style and bring a different accent. Um, but last year we sort of decided to focus more on, you know, the core experience. And so we kept it just to essentially Korke and Judith and then Chavez and Sylvia and uh, the folks around them in that, you know, originally learned everything in Cadiz and to sort of stay close to the, the original concept of Central Week. And I can see us continuing doing that. I don't really have desire to, to bring folks from other countries and, and to, um, so, so teachers from other countries and so on. I don't, you know, I don't think it's necessary uh, at this point, at least. Yeah, also because it has to do with the uh, organizing things. It it also works because all of them, that's their home. So for all of the teachers that are coming, they are Spanish speaking. They can manage themselves very well around by themselves. This is their home. So when they come to the classes, they tell stories of how they learn also in that really difficult, sweaty studio just next door to what we're learning. And uh, they were students of Corque when Corque had that horrible hairstyle with long hair in the back and nothing in the top. <laughs> so it's, it is bringing more of that value of we're telling a story. Uh, if we bring someone else, it's because they are adding elements to that story. So La Negra, we're bringing her for a lot of the Dominican. Uh, and she really brings us and helps us with a lot of the history of bachata, musicality. Um, yeah, that's true. So yeah, it's, 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 it's more for that continuation of the storytelling. And if we would bring somebody else, it's because we want to add elements to that story. But we just don't bring artists just because they are big and they call um, participants, especially if we don't think that they're good teachers. Yeah, that's true that you, you mentioned, uh, Evelyn La Negra. It's, it, we, one of the reasons also why we want to bring her there or want to have her there is she, she's a good friend with Gorky and Judith, of course, and, and we know her also quite well. Um, but like when you talk about bachata sensual obviously it has a, its connection to um you know it comes from traditional bachata uh, from the dominican republic and we feel that evelyn can tell this story very well and to sort of bring that element as well because of course uh, bachata sensual doesn't stand on its own we say it was created in cadiz but of course it's based on you know th there's a basis that comes from the dominican republic so we feel like it's important to you know uh, convey that as well um uh, it's not a european invention right obviously not um and so uh, that's why we have uh, evelyn there as well in addition to the other teachers but i think otherwise like we don't bring teachers from you know from all over europe that all are teaching bachata uh, i think uh, we want to sort of keep it to the the, the core group of teachers that uh, was around or has been around Korke for many years and then we, we have the pleasure and the honor that a lot of the people that are teaching bachata throughout the world are coming to learn exactly are coming to participants so that all that doesn't just help us with having fantastic dances in the night because then you have parties with all these amazing dancers, but it also helps us with making sure that 
Korke and Judith and the guys that are developing the style, they also get a bit of a communication, like a feedback in both ways. They learn what is happening in other countries. They are able to communicate more of the the roots, uh, fix some of the non-so-smooth corners of some teachers that are not teaching Greek really well. Um, so it's, it's also that value that we, we need to start. We, we, it's, it's an opportunity to connect with that global network of bachatas as well. Yeah. And what is always fun, I find, is that the first day when you go out dancing on Monday, uh, it's the gala party. And then you sort of have your first dances with uh, people from all over the world. And then you feel like the styles are a bit different. Somebody's a bit rougher, somebody's a bit softer. And, you know, and throughout the week, because everybody takes the same classes there's a, and everybody dances with each other, you sort of become more you know, uh, tuned to each other and accustomed. And so people, you say, oh, this person is a bit difficult to dance with. On Monday, you really have to try again to dance with on Friday or Saturday because they've they've probably changed. So I really, you really notice this change in somebody's dancing um, for the better uh, towards the end of the week, which is always fun. And that's also something that is, I think, an important function that Central Week uh, serves is that, you know, it kind of normalizes and kind of, you know, equalizes the differences between how everybody dances bachata sensual and makes it more, you know, makes it a bit more uh, similar to each other. So you can communicate and, and communicate better on the dance floor, essentially. Um, and, and we make sure that, you know, the style that is, is danced is sort of the same and doesn't diverge completely. Uh, that's not to say sometimes it's good to diverge a bit and come back with something creative. Yeah, but it keeps to the same principles of being led and being following, creating a strong base. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah, I mean, the, the whole week sounds like a good experience and it's a lot of focus on, you know, your dancing and meeting people. But I'm sure there's also a lot of partying involved somewhere, right? Now you make it sound like it's just like you're all saints and you're just dancing. <laughs> <laughs> we have to keep ourselves we have to keep ourselves in constraints because even though we're enjoying a lot, we're organizing. So I think I try to keep myself responsible and like, you know, know that things are fine. But yeah. <laughs> I think Andreas wants to say something. <laughs> then you remember this the first year. Um, with So I had a, a bit of an unfortunate accident on, I think, day two of the party in 2014. I, I, uh, I have this problem with my knees and... Um, Sometimes my kneecaps dislocate, um, which isn't great. Um, and so this happened while I was dancing on the dance floor. And so uh, it was very painful. And I was taking a break and so on and said, well, we probably should go to the hospital to get a, an x-ray or something like that to get it looked at. Um, oh, wait, 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 wait. You have to add all the drama of it. Okay. You're dancing. The organizer of the festival is dancing in the dance floor and suddenly he falls in the ground. I'm dancing next to you. I'm like, what happened? And you're shaking, sweating and screaming. Yeah, it's true. We had to carry you outside and your pressure dropped. You were completely pale. I was very, like, very shaky. And, you know, the it thing was is, dramatic. Yeah, exactly. And so I had to... The, the kneecap had to pop back in place. Sounds gruesome. Sorry for that. Um, and then I felt... Um, you know, I, I, I still was, you know, sort of, yeah, I had a blood pressure drop, I think, and everything was, you know, uh, tingling, my hands were tingling, my legs were tingling and so on. And then we said, okay, let's, let's go to the hospital, which is nearby. Um, and so this was when Central Week was much smaller uh, and we still were going to one of the local parties. 
So we could still do that because it was around 60 people or so. Um, and so I remember uh, I, I stepped in the, in the car with a friend of ours, Gatika. And, yeah, because uh, she was the only one that wasn't drinking she, that night. And exactly. she had, and she had car. a car. And she had a car. And so Chavez jumped in a motor, motorbike in front of us and he was driving. And I was in the car. Uh, together with Gatika. Gatika was driving. It was a it was a fancy car, and so I thought, you know, when I arrive in the in the in the hospital, they might just cut open my pants to look at this this knee, right? So that's kind of a waste because I mean, it's not great, but I can probably take off my pants. So I'll, I'll just take off my pants already. So I was sitting in my underwear in the in the car, and so in the convertible. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then I don't know, was the convertible? It was a fancy, a fancy a really Mercedes, fancy I think. It was a fancy car. Yeah. And so uh, she, she, while driving, she says, "Well, do you want a sip of water?" I'm like, "Sure." So I took a sip of water, and suddenly, so you have to think, my hands were tingling, my feet were tingling, and I drink, and my mouth is on fire, and I'm like, "What is this? I don't understand." So I open the the window, and I spit out, you know. Every, all the liquid that I had in my mouth, some of it was on my clothes and everything. And so what had happened was that some of her friends who had uh, traveled along, they had changed the, the water. Sebastian, actually. Sebastian, yeah. Sebastian had changed the water for, uh, I think it was vodka or something like that. Something that looked the same, but was obviously, you know, very strong alcohol. As kind of a practical joke to play on her. But they didn't think that I was, that this was going to happen, obviously. And she thought, this is water, right? And so, anyways, so there I arrived. Um you know, completely smelling of alcohol with no pants in the hospital. And so it was sort of like, oh, what happened with you? Um, but then, yeah, so I think they took the x-ray and then they established like, yeah, you had, uh, you know, this kneecap problem and so on. It was all okay, but I remember it definitely. That was a, a memorable night. Um, at I wish week. I had a video camera of you arriving. Yeah. Like yeah, and, exactly, and the opinion exactly. of the doctor, he's arriving completely drunk, yeah, he's yeah. lots of alcohol, no underwear from that car, yeah, and with Chavez in a motorcycle. <laughs> exactly, so, uh, yeah. Anyway, so that was one of the stories, the, the, the stories of the early days. So after that, I took it well, though, because I, I've, been, uh, I've been training a lot since then, and now I regularly run 5Ks, and, you know, so it's all good with the knees, touch wood. So, um... Yeah, I uh, I hit the gym after that and sort of uh, tried to make sure that I was in better shape. So yeah. Thank you so much for joining us today. We're really happy to have you on here, and uh, yeah, we hope to see you in person soon. Yeah. Thank you for inviting us, and especially. Thank you so much for having if you us. Have, uh, if you if you have organizers, your organizers, or there's any organizers that are trying to make events that are different and they don't know how to do it or they need some advice. Uh, feel free to contact us. Like we have done this long, many years, so we can give advice. Or yeah, we we, we want to help people. Oh, how should they get in touch? Um, we we are in Instagram and Facebook. Uh, yeah, exactly. We have a Jenny and Andreas page, so they can find us there. And um, the I guess Central Week also has its own Instagram, or yeah. Exactly. It has its own Instagram, its own Facebook page as well, so they can contact us through that way as well. Mm -hmm. That was it for today. If you liked the episode, leave a review and rating on Apple Podcasts so that we can continue to improve. To stay updated on upcoming episodes, follow us on Instagram at backstage.podcast. 
Thank you so much. Until next time. Bye.